0: Welcome back to another episode of the Double Down WNBA podcast. Uh, my name is Eric Nemchak alongside Steven Trinkwald as always. Uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to kind of take a macro look at the league. Each one of the teams in the WNBA kind of get a feel for how they've been doing. Uh, maybe how our expectations have panned out so far or how they have not panned out so far in, in many cases. Uh, and we are going to put a, a timer on ourselves because we have a tendency to run long with like basically everything we do. So, Stephen's going to introduce each team. Um, We're going to have some dialogue. And when the timer goes off, we have to go to the next team. Uh, We're going to be doing alphabetical order because that's the best way to do it, obviously. And, um, yeah, Stephen, you ready to go?
1: Let's do it. Let's start with the Atlanta Dream. uh, Coming into Sunday with a 2-5 and record. They are 11th in the league in net rating at negative 8.6. ninth in offense in 98.5. 11th in defense with a 107 defensive rating. Eric, one thing I wanted to ask you right off the top with this team and we can start the timer on this question. Is this team any good?
0: Okay. The timer has started and my answer is no, it is not good. Um, It kind of gives me the impression that they're kind of the fighting Kennedys right now. Uh, Kennedy Carter is in my opinion, like already almost everything, everything for this team without her, It's kind of hard to imagine where they'd be, especially offensively, because they're kind of lacking in shot creation and ball handling, in my opinion. Um, And she's already proven herself to be a very good pick-and-roll player, uh, especially, you know, getting to the rim and and dropping it off to an an open teammate. You have in your notes, uh, she's already got pretty good chemistry with Elizabeth Williams in the pick-and-roll, or at least getting to the rim and dropping it off to her. But outside of that and a career performance from Benaja Lady thus far, she's been terrific. I'm having a hard time seeing what advantages this team has over most other teams.
1: I think in a lot of ways, they have some athletic advantages, particularly in the uh, on the wing. I think uh, Kennedy Carter, as you mentioned, is, has been getting to the rim extremely effectively so far. Uh, almost 28% of her shots have been around the rim so far this season and, and finishing really well at over 65% and getting to the free throw line at a pretty respectable rate as well. Uh, You know, she is leading the league in usage as well. So really kind of uh, very similar to what we saw with Enrique uh, last season and this season as well, as we'll get to. Um, But between her, Courtney Williams, Benajia Laney, uh, that's that's a pretty athletic um, backcourt or or kind of wing rotation. You know, I think where this team really starts to suffer is when kind of the reserves come in and we're looking at um, Blake Dietrich when – glory johnson's playing backup center and getting herself into shape um yeah but we we should probably talk a little bit more about the sensational start for benajelani
0: yeah benajelani has been awesome um i didn't see this coming i don't think you saw this coming uh most people didn't see this coming she's been terrific uh specifically outside shooting like she's been really really good in spot up scenarios nothing from what we saw last year would suggest that but uh Nikki Collin gave her the green light offensively, and uh she's taken advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and she's been getting to the rim at about the same frequency that she did last season in Indiana, you know, right around that 18-19% frequency in terms of her shot attempts, but so far has shot 87.5% around the rim. Obviously that's not going to continue, but you know, the other thing you mentioned was her improvement on her jump shot. Last season, she was only around like Seven uh 0.719 points per possession on her jumper. That's all the way up to over a point per possession uh on jump shots uh in the half court this season. And promising uh enough, you know, her, her playmaking duties have obviously increased a huge uh not a huge, but an increase in usage uh around 14% last season, all the way up to 24%, uh, along with a jump in assist percentage, but not a huge jump in her turnover percentage. So um, as she's gone from 11% assists percentage last season to 18%, and that 10% increase in usage, you know her um, turnover percentage has, has not really climbed all that much. And you know the the surprising thing for me, I think, is you know she's been even better defensively than uh, I've seen her previously.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's been awesome. Um, but defensively, this team has struggled, as you said, 11th in the league in defensive rating. Why?
1: Well, they are allowing a ton of transition opportunities and a ton of offensive rebounding opportunities. Um, only Atlanta and New York are in the um, top four in terms of both um, are the only two teams in the top four of, you know, transition frequency allowed and offensive rebounding percentage allowed. So those two combinations, as well as, you, know, just not really having a, a ton of plus defensive players outside of Benigeney and you know, Courtney Williams, when she's in the game, I think Elizabeth Williams is a very good defensive player too. But um, you know, when you're talking about a rookie Kennedy Carter, uh, Monique Billings, you know, Shakina Strickland, as much as I like to stick up for her team defense, you know, she's not an amazing um, individual defender. So uh, a long way to go, I think for this team as a, a defensive squad.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you, you mentioned Monique Billings. She had a hot start to the season, but it's kind of fallen back to earth. Uh yeah, you know, this, this team isn't the, isn't the spot-up disaster that it was last year, but still not nearly enough to be a functional, you know, an efficient offense.
1: Yeah, and Monique Billings, um, you mentioned she did have a really hot start, but, you know, she's still not, not a plus player, particularly as a starting player. Um, well below the league average in true shooting, leads the Atlanta Dream in turnover percentage at 21% there.
0: So uh, was that our timer? That was her timer. Five minutes goes by very quickly. Um, any, uh, any, any, any closing thoughts on this? Oh, just that Elizabeth Williams is in the 100th
1: percentile as a pick and roll roller so far this season.
0: That's got to be the Kennedy Carter effect, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, wait, Elizabeth Williams is great as well. Um, but yeah, she's uh, a, a much improved uh, option from, from what Atlanta had as a pick and roll ball handler last season.
0: Definitely, definitely. Okay, so moving right along, uh, next in alphabetical order, if my alphabet is correct, is the Chicago Sky.
1: Yes, the Chicago Sky, five and two so far this season. They are sixth in net rating at 2.5. They are the number one offense in the WNBA at 104.9 points per 100 possessions, and they are eighth defensively at 102.4. They have started the last six games with Cheyenne Parker uh what do you think so far Eric
0: what do I think I think I need to start the timer okay um as a Sky fan I'm somewhat biased but I've been pretty impressed with how the Sky have played I I think the results have been as good as expected because we thought they'd be like a second tier team heading into this season but the process has been somewhat different you know they've been missing Stephanie Dolson since the first game of the season um the defense has been like surprisingly okay like it's been passable I think um, but obviously with Cheyenne Parker and Azare Stevens together in the front court, you're going to be doing things differently than if you had Dolson in the front court. Um, Kalia Copper and Gabby Williams have taken on larger roles with uh, Diamond Shields kind of playing injured. Uh, and they've looked like much more effective players for the most part. Um, I think in order to be a championship contender though, Diamond does need to get it going a little bit. You know, the knee inflammation slowed her down early. Uh, she's still up there in transition opportunities, which is good, but her decision-making I feel like has been, kind of all over the place uh but overall you know I can't be unhappy with it
1: yeah so Cheyenne Parker um started the last six games as you mentioned with Stephanie Dolson missing some time due to her injury uh what have you thought so far specifically about like the Parker Stevens front court pairing
0: I mean it's very active and I like that I think there's no, there's no way like any of these front court combinations for this guy are going to be stout in the half court defensively. So you're going to need to make up for that somehow. And the way you make up for that is to be athletic and active on defense, right? Stevens is lengthy. Parker is very, very active. She always gives the second effort and they're, they're doing as good a job as they can. You know, you saw it the other night, they got blitzed by Brittany Griner in Phoenix. That's going to happen because you're giving up so much size. But uh, like, like I said, it's been passable.
1: Yeah. Cheyenne Parker so far in the 100 percentile as a post-up player in her own offense. That's super encouraging. You know, one thing we had noted in the preseason was that she really likes to kind of bully smaller players. Well, she's been bullying starting centers as well this season. So uh, overall, a career high 669 true shooting percentage for Parker so far and shooting 57% from two point range. So um, very encouraging. She's getting to the line at, at a career high rate and, you know, Azra Stevens has been pretty much as advertised on offense, you know, anything that, that Chicago kind of wanted to to get from her as a player. You know, she's shooting almost 54% from two this season. She's uh, 11 for 23 so far from three-point range, Um, a 371 three-point attempt rate. That's probably about where you would want Azari Stevens to be in terms yeah. of this, this size advantage that she's going to bring on the interior, her ability to attack closeouts. But in terms of like being a a three level scorer, you know that in between game has uh not been pretty. you know shooting under thirty percent uh from that six feet to the three point line range you know pretty much anything that's not a three pointer or around the basket um under thirty percent as i was as I mentioned and about a third of her shots coming from there so uh defensively like what have you thought about Stevens defensively so far
0: um She's been a solid defensive playmaker, I think, uh, as far as blocks and steals. Um, But one-on-one defense, I don't think, is very encouraging. Um, Like I said, there's no way that any of these players are going to be one-on-one defensive beasts, I don't think.
1: Yeah, and that's something that we talked about uh, Steven's really bringing to this team um, in the preseason. was her defensive playmaking? And those numbers are definitely there in terms of her blocks and steal rates. But, uh, you know, overall, as like... um, a consistent defensive player, it's been kind of discouraging uh, in my opinion. Um, and she is, she's following a ton. She definitely, you know, gets overmatched uh, by kind of some of the, the bigger players out there. Um, but one thing that, that you had mentioned before was, you know, in order for this team to really find its ceiling as, as nice as a star as Kalea Copper has kind of provided so far as this team's, you know, surprising starting small forward, you know we're we're gonna probably need to see some more out of Diamond to Shields if this team is going to be the team we think they can be,
0: yeah, yeah, um she just hasn't really seemed consistent in her effort. I don't know if the knee is still bothering her, but her decision making with the basketball has been pretty poor. It just doesn't look like she's it looks like she's kind of playing by herself out there sometimes, um but I think Gabby Williams has really stepped up and made a big difference. She's obviously more comfortable shooting the three ball and more comfortable making plays for others, although I think. The non-Vandersloot minutes are still very much a problem on this team. It seems like their pace and their discipline both seem to kind of go out the window with their off the court. Um, the on-off-court splits are – I'm not going to cite them because the small sample size, but they're enormous. However, the team is still sharing the ball very well. Uh, they lead the league in an assist rate, assisting on over 70% of their baskets, and wow. uh, you love to see it.
1: Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned Gabby as well with her, uh, her three-point shooting. I mean, we are – Uh, I'll just finish this point quickly. We're, we're, you know, seven games into the season and she's already made more threes this season than she
0: did all of last year, so. Extremely encouraging. Okay, um, switching gears here, the Connecticut Sun, uh, your team. Yes, Connecticut, a one in six record
1: after a loss to your Chicago Sky yesterday. (laughs) Uh, They are ninth in net rating at negative 3.8, all the way up to 11th in offense in 96.6, and they are only sixth defensively 100.3 100.3 possession uh, points allowed per 100 possessions. So um, I guess the place to start here is, you know, what what we have thought so far with their prized free agent acquisition in Duana Bonner.
0: Uh, she's been everything they could have hoped for on both ends of the floor. Um, but also the, it's pretty obvious that they kind of sold the farm for her because the depth of this team is a huge concern.
1: It is. Yeah. And uh, despite poor team efficiency, the heavy workload that Dewana Bonner has um, kind of been burdened with. She's been able to maintain her own individual efficiency. Um, the, her 569 true shooting percentage would be tied for the second highest of her career, and she's doing that largely inside the arc, as pretty much everything with Connecticut is being done. You know, Overall as a team, uh, they are number one in terms of the percentage of their points coming from inside the paint. They're number one in terms of uh, the percentage of their points coming in the fast break, and they are tenth in terms of the percentage of their points coming from behind the three point line. Not uh, good. No, not good at all. Uh, and Duana Bonner is kind of a part of that. She's had her lowest three point attempt rate, which you know some players, I mean, which some people would probably say is a good thing because she's not an amazing three point shooter. Uh, her lowest three point attempt rate since 2015, which was her one and only All WNBA season. Uh, her highest free throw attempt rate since 2016, really kind of leveraging that that BS uh, foul seeking behavior in a good way uh, That that's really producing for them, um, and the highest turnover rate and second highest assist percentage. So the ball is really going through Dewana Bonner a lot, but unlike uh, what we saw last year with her having such a large burden in Phoenix, she's able to kind of... Um, be above average in efficiency, at least.
0: You can't ask for anything more than that. Um, In my opinion, you need to look at some of the complimentary players like Jasmine Thomas or Kalina Mesquita-Lewis, the latter of which has been really discouraging on both ends of the floor. You can tell that, like, they were missing both Natisha Heideman and Brienne January at the start of the year, and there was just no perimeter scoring beyond a lot of honor.
1: Yeah, and Jasmine Thomas, uh, a player that we are both very, very fond of, has been kind of a disaster so far. Uh, After really you know trending upwards each year there sort of in the middle of her career we've kind of seen the other end of that peak now with with incremental declines each of the past few seasons her 457 true shooting percentage is the lowest true, true shooting percentage for her since her first season in Connecticut in 2015 she's shooting under 40% from two point range so far you know she's only in the 25th percentile as a pick and roll player this season down from like the 62nd percentile last season, she's turning it over at a a career uh, high. And, you know, she just, she can't really get by anyone with her dribble moves. And even if she could, you know, there's just no one for her to go. Like she's not so amazing of a finisher that she can finish over her defender, Bree Jones's defender, Bria Holmes's defender, uh, Natisha Heideman's defender. You know what I mean? Like there Mm -hmm. there is no space on this floor. Um, And I think that was really, exemplified in one moment uh, last uh, yesterday and in Saturday's game during uh, against the sky, when Alyssa Thomas, you know, after a few possessions there where she had Gabby Williams as her primary defender, um, Heideman tries to dump it down into Alyssa Thomas and the pass gets completely swarmed because Bree Jones is flanking her to the left, not being guarded or to the right, not being guarded. And Kyla Charles is to her left, not being guarded. And both of those defenders were pretty much there to steal that pass uh you know this team just has has nowhere to go offensively it's just in- extremely
0: clogged what do you think of Brianna John so far
1: i mean she's had a pretty good individual season right like she's scoring 60% from two um she still like turns it over a ton but for her to be up to you know 60% from you know usually being kind of in the mid 40s previously that's that's really encouraging. And in some ways, she's a plus defender. In other ways, she can kind of really get exposed out there defending in space. Um, and, you know, her defensive rebounding totals are are pretty low. But I do think she's a plus rebounder in terms of she's always going to put a body on someone. And, you know, yeah. Alyssa Thomas and Bonner are just coming in to grab, grab those boards instead of her. Uh, so I, I don't really look at her defensive rebounding totals uh, as too much of an indictment. But, you know, even if she is shooting 60% from two, like sh- – it's just really kind of clogging the floor and it's not necessarily so much her fault, but, but her and Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner, like the, the combination of those three players, like they're such an incongruous fit compared to what you would get with a floor spacing center, like John Qual Jones.
0: Yeah. It turns out missing a first team all W player is kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, even, I mean, Teresa plays hasn't been good, but like at least her game makes a little bit more sense uh, with them. So um yeah, hope, hopefully the offense kind of picks up a little bit, but I, I've kind of uh, lost
0: faith in this one. Steven has uh, lost faith. Okay, put that on the record.
1: So uh, moving
0: on, the Dallas Wings.
1: Sure, they are three and four. Uh, with a, they are eighth in net rating at negative 2.6, eighth in offense at 102 points per 100 possessions, and ninth in defense at 102.8. Where do you want to start with them?
0: Well, I mean as as much as uh as much as it was advertised that this rookie class is going to come in and really be something to build around, which they have for the most part, um it's still kind of the Arike Wale show.
1: Yeah, second in usage for Arike's uh still even what she's shooting
0: more than she did last year.
1: Yeah, 20 points on roughly 21 shooting possessions and you know she is never turning the ball over, so that's great. Um but she's also not getting to the line. She's only 10 for 45 from three so far. And this team is really poor as a um, jump shooting or yeah, taking jump shots off the dribble. Overall, they are uh, number two in terms of frequency of jump shots off the dribble and 11th in frequency. And who do you think we can attribute that to?
0: (laughs) We've already said her name. Um,
1: But I think there have been some encouraging parts of, of Arike's game when she decides that she's going to put her body into you and get all the way to the rim.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Brian Agler's kind of been playing musical chairs with his starting lineup. Uh, Mariah Jefferson hasn't been very effective. Astu Du hasn't been very been very effective. He actually started Arike at point guard the other night, and that still might be the best place for her. I don't know. I mean, I like it only because it gives them an
1: option to play – Gray Thornton and Sabally all together, and okay. you know, I think that's kind of like whether it's Arike or Ty Harris, like those three players playing together, like really present a problem for other teams.
0: Okay, well, we need to talk about those rookies um, because that's basically all Dallas is about right now. Um, Satu Sabally is oozing with potential. Um, she hasn't really been consistent so far, but you could already tell she's going to be a star in this league.
1: Yeah, she has been really struggling, um, at least from behind the arc. Three for 25 to start the season. She has more turnovers than assists. Um, what What is it about what she's kind of brought to this team or just kind of shown on film like that has been encouraging for you as someone who watched her in college?
0: Just her ability to play basically anywhere on the court. I think she's tremendously coordinated for a player of her size. And she's already very good with both hands. You know, she's left-handed, but she's making she's whipping passes around with her right hand. She's taking people off the bounce with her right hand. She's finishing with her right hand. So I think she, and there was that other play the other day, <laughs> I keep harping on this, but where she tumbled over somebody and she did a handstand and then all in one motion stood up again. It's like, that's, that's a special type of coordination, you know?
1: Yeah. She definitely, you know, looks like she belongs out there just from an athletic standpoint, her balance and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, she is kind of still finding her sea legs a little bit. Uh, I don't, I think it's fair to say she's probably not even been the best rookie on this team so far, just in terms of like her overall effectiveness, obviously, like the ceiling is is much higher for Sabley than than it is for Ty Harris, but you know, Harris has just been better
0: so far. She has been better. I think she's been their best starting point guard. Um, she's done a terrific job of taking care of the basketball and she just looks like a pro out there, man. She doesn't look like a rookie.
1: Yeah, 23 assists to five turnovers. She can space the floor effectively. And she just kind of, she plays with a good pace. She's able to play on or off the ball. Like she, you know, I think um, preseason, you kind of called her uh, like a a floor general maybe. Yeah, Um, But I think like she's shown that in like the best possible way.
0: Sure, sure. Like it's not like she's giving them the ball and getting out of the way, right? She can move without the ball and shoot it as well, so.
1: Yeah, and she's you know she's been the one closing games for them when when her and Jefferson are both available like Ty Harris is closing at point guard um so o- overall for this team you know they are still getting killed from inside um they are allowing the highest proportion of shots around the basket um yeah. they are last in defensive rebounding uh they in terms of their own offense they they're 11th in Getting those shots around the rim, uh, despite Alicia Gray's best effort, who, who's having another fantastic season there, 11th in free throw attempt rate. Um, they are shooting. This was an interesting disparity that I kind of came across. They're second in three point attempt rate, but only seventh in catch and shoot frequency. So a lot of three huh.
0: point jumpers off the dribble. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect. Um, one thing I wanted to point out defensively, They've actually ranked number one in pick and roll defense thus far wow that's surprising it's uh-huh. very surprising uh one one thing i kind of wanted to ask you uh our old
1: friend Astu Du, has not been very good why no. what what's been kind of struggling for her
0: um well <laughs> it, it <laughs> maybe seems next like, time. maybe next time um yeah closing thought uh, Stu has not been great um she's already been benched uh but it's, I think, I think Bella Ellery is a future for this team at center. She's been impressive to me in that going into the season, I think I kind of saw her as like a stretch four type, but she's actually very skilled on there as well. And she makes some plays on defense. You know, she's a good shot blocker. She's better than I expected. Um, she's going to take her lumps, obviously as a young post player, but, uh, you know, it's about the development of the rookies and they're only paying us through what $170,000. So.
1: Yeah. A couple, one, one quick thing I just wanted to say about Stu before we move on, um, shooting below 50, she's shooting 37% from two this season after shooting over 50% the last two seasons and hasn't taken a free throw yet. That's not good. That is not good. So let's move on to the Indiana Fever. They, coming into tonight, they are playing right now as we record this, but coming into tonight, they had a two and four record. Uh, They are 10th in net rating at negative five somehow second in offensive rating at 104.4 and the worst defense in the WNBA at 109.3.
0: Okay, that's really bad. That's really bad. Um, Honestly, they're the worst defense in the league. They're the worst pick and roll defense in the league. Um, Tierra McCown in particular might be the biggest individual disappointment of the league thus far for me. Um, she started really slow just hasn't been the force on the defensive glass she's still getting a ton of offensive rebounds because she's enormous but on the defensive glass she hasn't been controlling the game Um, she hasn't really been to the free throw line as much I don't think just hasn't really taken that next step that we needed to see her take and in fact I think her weaknesses have even just been more magnified yeah
1: and she's not doing those things that made her pretty special last season as well as she was last year as you were saying you know getting to the line and just being an unstoppable force on the glass. Um, and, you know, those those areas of improvement that we kind of harp on maybe too much with her, you know, her mobility, her awareness on both ends, her activity off the ball. Like, we just haven't really seen any strides in those. And, you know, if anything, like her offensive game is starting to stretch out a little bit, you know, maybe for the worse. Like, I, I think her efficiency is actually up a little bit, but perhaps due to some, some shooting luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, last year she took 96% of her shots. So pretty much every shot she took almost from inside 10 feet. And that's already down to 70%, uh, less than 70% inside of 10 feet this season. So she's really trying to expand that, that jumper game and, you know, for what, you know what I'm saying? Like work, work on kind of the thing that's going to make you dominant that, that 15 foot jump shot, isn't going to be the difference maker in sort of how effective you are in this league. Um, what have you thought about Lauren Cox so far?
0: Um, two games in, you know, she was, uh, she was late because of medical protocol. She was in quarantine. Uh, been about as, as what I expected, you know, she's a, she's a big body down there. She can, she can block some shots. She can finish her on the rim, but uh, she still seems to step slow. You know, I'm, I'm not, I think the jury is still out on her. She's not going to be like a defensive play, t- player of the year, uh, despite what some people might think. Uh, I don't know, you know, their, their depth at Ford has, has not been very encouraging. I don't think. Cause you know, Stephanie Mavunga has had trouble getting off the bench. Uh, Natalie Chanwa has been injured. Cox, she's doing her best. I, she's still fine. trying to find her group, I think.
1: Yeah. So I mentioned this team was second in offense and, you know, I couldn't really figure out how to be honest with you because they're, uh, they're not shooting particularly well from long to uh, they are last in the league. In terms of frequency of shots within five feet, they're seventh in three point attempt rate, they're sixth in free throw attempt rate, and second in long two frequency, and as I mentioned, not really shooting all that well from there. Um, you know, they're only fifth in three point percentage, so it's not like they're like canning a ton of threes. Uh, the one thing I kind of came across is in that that kind of shorter mid range, they are second highest field goal percentage, like five to nine, and then number one in the ten to fourteen range. Mm-hmm. Um But that kind of leads me to something that I'm sure we will both be excited to talk about. Uh, The offense really falls off the cliff when Kelsey Mitchell is out of the game. Um, And, you know, you mentioned that that we're dealing with really small sample sizes here, but 106.8 offensive rating with Kelsey in the game and 83.1 offensive rating with her on the bench. That's not good.
0: She's been really good. Um, it, it seems like she's playing much more within the flow of the offense. Uh, these three-pointers she's taking, probably you know, going to regress a little bit, but actually the most imp- impressive thing about Kelsey's game to me this year is that she's been much more assertive going to the hoop, particularly in transition.
1: Yeah, and she's finishing better too. Uh, 50% from two-point range this year after not even cracking 40% in either of her first two seasons, so uh, she's finishing much better around the rim. She's getting to the line a little bit more, and you know, if this is the Kelsey Mitchell we're going to get, this is, you know, the player that we were kind of hoping for and the player that I think we both kind of believe that, that Kelsey Mitchell could be a, a hyper-efficient
0: scoring two guard. That's absolutely right. Now, her backcourt partner, Julie Alamond, uh, of course, Erica Wheeler, still, not, still missing any action. She's still in quarantine. Um, what have you thought about Alamond so far? Um, she's been okay. You know, she
1: has the highest turnover percentage for any starter in the WNBA. Um, but she's shown that she can admirably space the floor. Uh, you know, she can make some nice passes. I think she's pretty solid defensively. Um, hopefully those turnovers, you know, as she kind of finds her C legs in the W a little bit, uh, that, that's able to come down. But having the highest turnover percentage for any starting player is uh, not very promising.
0: How is your starting point guard have the highest turnover percentage and you still rank second in offense? That's very strange. I so. don't
1: understand how this team is second in offense, but didn't they, I'm pretty sure last year they started out unreasonably good offensively and then eventually the bottom kind of fell out
0: yeah they ranked uh all right the timer's gonna go off here but uh that's true last year they actually ranked like second or third in the week in in offense for like the first two months and i had no idea then either so you know maybe the rest of the week has just been bad on offense i don't know um okay
1: but actually offense is uh offense is way up across
0: the league um so is offense up or is defense down (laughs) i like to think offense is up okay offense is up that's more fun um Okay, this is where my alphabet gets messed up. Are we considering Las Vegas aces or Vegas aces?
1: I go Las Vegas aces, but maybe that's uh, maybe we should do Vegas. But uh, okay, let's go with Vegas then.
0: Okay,
1: Uh, so they have just moved to five and two, but these ratings will be as of coming into today. Uh, So they just beat New York to move to five and two, just kind of barely squeaked it out there at the end after trailing for most of the game. But uh, coming into today, they were second in net rating at 7.4. They had the fifth best offense in the league, 103.1, and were third defensively at 95.7 points allowed per 100 possessions. Um, I don't know about you, but this team has already pretty much exceeded my expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've exceeded my, there, there are a couple of things that I kind of want to address that might point to why that's the case. Um, one is uh, Angel McCautry. Um, She is back to playing at a star level, which is, which is just awesome to see. I mean, she's one of the all-time greats, and to see her coming back after taking a year off of that devastating injury has been really awesome. Um, and Asia Wilson is obviously, she's, she's a beast down there, although I think she's not been quite as good as people have been saying, but she still pre- presents a tremendous advantage for this team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Her Wilson's efficiency is kind of back down towards her rookie season levels. Um, and you know, I just don't think Asia Wilson should be taking as many long twos as shots around the rim. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Especially not with this roster construction, i.e., not having Liz Cambage clogging things up for her. Like, uh, you know, she's been really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think she's really an MVP candidate towards this uh at this point in the season, but she's been tremendous in uh, you know, just kind of want to see her, you know, really force her way to the basket a little bit more and uh, relax with some of like the, the the long kind of fadeaway twos and everything, but, you know, she can hit them to be sure. Um, one thing I, I wanted to talk about, you know, Angel McCautry, she's not back. She's been playing better than she ever has, at least offensively. She, uh, a 42.5% career a field goal shooter throughout her time in Atlanta. She's shooting around 54% this season. So 91 points above her, even her previous career high. She's shooting 52% on long twos. Her 639 true shooting percentage is well above her career high previously of 548. Man. I mean, even if she's back, like this has to come down to earth eventually, right?
0: It has to, um, especially because I don't think she can get to the free throw line as well as she used to. Like, in her prime, she was guaranteed, like, six to eight free throw attempts per game. Um, this is a good fit for her, though, in that I think, you know, the Aces, they're, I believe, at the top of the league in pace once again. And you know Angie McClatchy is going to thrive in transition. Um, she's getting lots and lots and lots of looks that she's very comfortable at hitting in transition.
1: Yeah, she's back to being a force in transition, to be sure. Um... No surprise here in terms of the aces. They are number one in post up frequency, uh, and number two in fr- frequency around the basket and non post up. So this team is just continuously putting pressure on the rim offensively. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about this team, uh, you know, we're we're looking at Angel Asia McBride Hamby. Who should this team's fifth closing player be?
0: You know. Uh, Jackie Young has had did not start the year very well at all. Um, she's kind of come on better as, as the previous couple games. games. Uh, I still think it has to be her because she, she provides that height and um, just because I'm not really much of a fan of Daniel Robinson at this point and Lindsay Allen started well, but it, you know, she kind of tapered off a little bit. It's, it's not, I don't think there's any one right answer for this team, unfortunately. Uh, what do you, what do you think?
1: Honestly, I think it's Danielle Robinson. She's been really good. She's she's really changed some games for them. Like she really turned around that Washington game a couple of days ago. Uh, Jackie Young definitely is starting to kind of turn it up a little bit. And if she can continue to improve inside, you know, coming into today, she was only six for 22 from inside 10 yeah. feet, but she did have a couple of nice finishes today against the Liberty. You know, she got an and one. She had a couple of nice other ones kind of in that paint area. So if, if that's something she's able to continue, you know, and this is something I've said about her for a while now, like even if the three point shot comes, like never comes around it, if you can't hit a three point shot or finish inside, like th- you're There's just toast. Yeah, exactly.
0: But um,
1: if she's able to finish inside, like, like she should, like her body would indicate, like her college resume would indicate uh, you know, she could definitely be a viable option, but I think right now you got to go Danielle Robinson. Okay. Well, what about getting more out of Kayla McBride though? I mean, I think she's been good, like as of you know coming into today at least she has a career high true shooting percentage, like she's been playing really good defense um,
0: but her career her her usage rate is a
1: career low yeah, sure um, she she is not probably being used enough, but you know this she also doesn't really kind of fit this team's identity, but they still need her to to do what she does because someone has to stand out there right.
0: You want to uh, cite the uh, three-point attempt rate real quick? Oh, for the team? Yeah. Um, it <laughs> Vegas is,
1: they have a 14.8 three-point attempt rate. Less than 15% of their shots are coming from behind the arc. The second lowest in the league is Atlanta at 26.2. So... uh
0: Uh, Okay. So I actually paused the timer until you finished that because I think that'd be like a, the perfect ending point for the Vegas aces. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Offensively speaking, like schematically speaking, I don't think there's much to be surprised about here, but the individual play has uh, really stood out for Angel McLeod. Any closing thoughts on on the aces?
1: No, i they're better than I thought they would be.
0: Okay. Better than a ringing endorsement. Okay. uh, Moving on to the LA sparks.
1: LA uh, they are now four and three after beating Minnesota today. Uh, But going into today, they were seventh in net rating at 1.6. They were the 10th best offense at 98.4 and fourth defensively at 96.8. Eric, how was this team so bad offensively?
0: Well, um, one thing that stood out to me is that Candace Parker is – Second in the league in total transition opportunities, which is good. It's a good indicator of her health, but she's only scoring uh, 0.69 points per possession in transition, which is not good. Um, and also, Chelsea Gray's been kind of bad.
1: Yeah, Chelsea Gray continues to really struggle in her own offensive efficiency. She's been really good from two point range this season, um, but just two of 18 from three. And, you know, her free throw attempt rate continues to decline uh, each and every season. And that is something that that's very worrisome Uh, overall. This team never, ever gets to the free throw line. They are 11th in free throw attempt rate. They are tied for the third highest frequency in long twos. They are ninth in three-point attempt rate. They did miss Nick Gumeke for a game and a, and a half, so your offense is you know worse off w- without her, obviously. Um, but Raquana Williams is also having quite a struggle of it as well. Like she can't hit anything from inside the arc. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think she's around like thirty-one percent from two-point range. So between Raquana Williams and Chelsea Gray, like that's your starting backcourt right there, and they are both well below uh, league average in true shooting percentage.
0: Now they did recently start uh, Sydney Weiss who has been in the 99th percentile on offense. um, But on defense, she's been in the ninth percentile. So that's kind of a giveth and taketh away thing sort of there.
1: But you know what? I I think this team could make that trade-off. Like you have good defenders at at pretty much every other position. And, you know, you need to get your offense back up to where it should be. And that's one thing that's kind of always been dragging this team down with the exception of when, you know, Weiss or – Augustus is out there at the three, like they always kind of have someone where you're just like, nope, not going to guard you, you know, whether that's right. uh, TRP or, or Brittany Sykes um, or uh, Taya Cooper, you know, there's just always an opportunity to, to kind of really ignore someone there. Um, but one thing you had mentioned before, and uh, that's Candace Parker's activity level. You know, she has been to me, despite not having kind of amazing individual numbers, like very, very encouraging just in terms of like the eye test and how she's oh, looked.
0: Much, much, much more encouraging than last season. She's healthy again, you can tell.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I th- I think I've seen kind of at least enough from her game to like not really be too concerned about this team's ceiling from like a Candace Parker standpoint. Now, we got to get more out of Chelsea Gray to be sure, yeah. but...
0: Um, I-, I think they also need to get... Once again, like who's 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 going to be that that threat on the wing? Brittany Sykes is pretty inconsistent. Uh, Simone Augustus, to be fair, I mean we thought she was toast heading into the season. She's had some pretty good scoring games individually, um, but I don't think you can rely on that night in and night out. And Raquana Williams, very inconsistent. Chelsea Gray, I feel like Chelsea Gray's shot selection just hasn't been good either. Like so many long twos.
1: Yeah, and that's I feel like that's like an ever growing part of Chelsea Gray's game. Is she's just a kind of getting further and further away from the rim and, and, you know, those long twos are kind of replacing that shot, but um, much like Andrew McCautry, you know, Simone Augustus has already kind of blown away my expectations for what she was going to provide this season. And, Mine you know, well. she, she probably, you know, won't give it to you on a game in and game out basis in the playoffs, but, you know, she'll probably also win you a game
0: at some point. Um, they're first in the league in transition frequency on offense, um, but defensively, they're number two in transition frequency allowed. What do you make of that? Um,
1: you know, I'm not really. I mean, they they definitely. I feel like, uh and you know, some of the the numbers, full transparency that I would usually use for a show like this are just not available uh, right now. You know, positive residual is going uh, undergoing some changes, so I'm not really sure in terms of like their frequency of live ball turnovers. But like anecdotally, you know, they they give away a ton of turnovers. Like Parker will make some very aggressive passes chelsea gray will make some very aggressive passes yeah um so they feel like a team that really gives away a lot of live ball opportunities uh and they also you know have some players who are maybe not kind of busting it back uh, in transition every single time so that's definitely a concern you know that's kind of why i I said going into the season that a team like chicago i think really could give them some problems because they could just you know get out and run and uh as maybe candace parker uh, who I think is a tremendous defensive player, all things considered, but maybe is, you know, talking to the ref a little bit after a call that <laughs> she didn't like or something like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, that, that's definitely a very
0: concerning figure. Uh, one thing I want to talk about real quick, I have seven seconds. Taya Cooper, uh, maybe not great on offense, but defensively, I really like her on the point of attack. I think she's good for pace.
1: Yeah, she's been really, really good so far. Very promising.
0: Okay, um, moving, moving, moving on. Uh, Minnesota Lynx.
1: Minnesota Lynx are 5-1 uh, going into today. They just lost to L.A., so they are now 5-2, and two, but they were third in net rating at 6.6. They were the number seven offense at 101 points scored per 100 possessions and allowing a second-best 94.4 points per 100 possessions. Um, where do you want to start with this team?
0: You got to start with their defense, right? I mean, they're just so stout. They're so fundamentally sound. Sylvia Fowles, like she's not going to win an individual MVP award, but she's still among the most valuable players to her respective teams, in my opinion. Um, Cause the Lynx defense has just been awesome and she's a major reason why.
1: She's amazing. It's amazing that she's still able to play at this high level. Um, she probably is still the best defensive player in the league, especially, you know, with Natasha Howard kind of being out of it a little bit this season. Uh, I mean, She's got to be the early front runner for defensive player of the year.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: Overall, they are number one in transition efficiency on both ends. Uh, Defensively, they're number one guarding the pick and roll ball handler. Both uh, Dangerfield and Lexi Brown have been very, very good, at at least statistically. Uh, Offensively, they're still turning turning it over a ton. Uh, They're fourth in turnover percentage, but they're winning that battle, right? Because they're forcing more turnovers than any other team. Um, Very, very aggressive defensively Um, it has been reported I believe that Odyssey Sims is pretty close to returning she just has to serve her suspension I believe will Odyssey Sims make this team significantly better
0: Uh, yes and I'll I'll yield this one to you because I said I wasn't really excited about her prospects coming back but you're right I mean the Lynx theoretically they added more shooting like more shooters on their roster than last season but you still need to get them good looks Right. And the links aren't really getting many good looks. They are eleventh in catch and shoot efficiency. I still I still have from your notes, by the way. I'm sorry. Um but so you can't just be it's not just enough just to have shooters out there. You gotta have someone creating plays and making the defense scramble and recover. That's gonna be Odyssey Sims.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh that that's a great way to put it. Like those uh, three point jump shots—they're—they're they're not really good catch and shoot opportunities if the defense wasn't really being bent to create an open look for them, right? If they're just right. kind of swinging it from side to side and then taking a three. Um, and the Lynx are currently twelfth in efficiency around the basket on non-post ups. We know Odyssey Sims can get to the rim at least. Sure. She she's very good at um. Pardon me, at driving to to the rim, um, and. The links are currently tenth in assist to turnover ratio. Uh, I think Sims will help there as well. She's not a huge turnover player and can provide a little bit of passing. Um, what what else should we kind of hit on with this team?
0: Um, I mean, I think I think they're getting good minutes out of Crystal Dangerfield, uh, their second round draft pick. But all in all, I mean, I, I think the struggle that uh, the potential struggle in pick and roll offense that we alluded to prior to the season is still is still very, pretty valid. Um, There's just not a lot of shot creation out there. They they do have some, once again, some very good spot-up shooters. Lexi Brown, they got her back from concussion protocol. She's been very good since then. Um, Bridget Carlton's been a nice surprise. uh, And Dangerfield herself has been a nice surprise. You know, she's given them good minutes as well. But you got to have that one player who can break a defense down. And uh, no one on this team can really do that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting how similar Lexi Brown's numbers uh, this year look like her numbers last year. Um, you know, her true shooting is, is right about the same, uh, she's using pretty much the same number of possessions. Um, so she's, she's always been uh, a pretty decent three point shooter. You know, she's been not as good this season from three, probably because she's had, uh, such a increase in terms of her creation burden. Um, but she's shooting much, much better from two point range than she really ever has before. Um, but, you know, I think she's, she's just kind of a little bit overtaxed in that role, I think, currently, right. at least in terms of the, the team becoming a, a good um, offense. But as she kind of moves down the pecking order a little bit and, and Odyssey Sims comes in, you know, I think they are going to get better offensively without Sims really taking too much off the table defensively.
0: Yeah, but defense, I mean, let's, let's, let's circle back to that. They've just been amazing. Um, I feel like early on, they were just more disciplined than everyone else. Um, as the rest of the was kind of getting, up, getting caught up with defensive game planning and conditioning, the Lynx were basically just able to grind opponents down on the half court. Transition defense, they've been spectacular. They've been best in the league by a significant margin. They've just been allowing .76 points per possession in, in transition. That's um, incredible that's really really good and if you and like we always say you know transition you want to get out there you want to stop teams in transition you want to not allow that many opportunities but if you're if if your defense in transition is that good that's so many easy points that you're just not allowing and that's that's like
1: the number of like a really bad half court offense that they're pretty much allowing in in transition so that that's incredible i wonder if you know there's maybe some shooting luck that goes into that or something because that's just such a remarkable statistic.
0: Oh, um, that reminds me. There's one thing I forgot to talk about with the Aces and that is uh let me, let me go back here. Um the, they have the highest percentage of catch and shoot on defense classified as unguarded by Synergy. Nearly 70% of their catch and shoots are classified as unguarded, but they've also allowed by far the least points per allowed possessions or however you want to say that. So I think some progression is probably due there, but uh, yeah, Minnesota links, Sylvia Fowles rules, uh, Nafisa Collier rules.
1: How much time do we have left? Should we talk about Collier?
0: We have four seconds.
1: Okay. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, we are moving on to the New York Liberty. Uh, bad team is bad. Yes.
1: So they are now one and six with a very close loss to Vegas today in which they played very well uh, and, and led for most of the game. Uh, coming into today, though, they were twelfth in net rating at negative sixteen point seven points per one hundred possessions. <laughs> Holy smokes! They are—they uh, were the worst offense. That's number twelve in uh, at eighty-seven point seven points per one hundred possessions, and uh, tenth in defense. That's promising—one hundred and four points allowed. Um, what to? Say about the one and six New York Liberty.
0: So Sabrina Ionescu is going to be out for a while with her ankle injury, and without her, it just looks like a bunch of struggles a bunch, of, a bunch of rookies struggling to find consistent roles.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, there's some um, some highlights, I guess. Uh, Jocelyn Willoughby, I think, has had some really promising moments, and, and she's getting to the free throw line uh, at a pretty effective rate. Uh, you know, in their game today, I thought. Megan Walker had some, some moments. Um, You know, this is the team that I don't really have a ton to say about because we just kind of covered their, their game. And they're such a, a rookie dominated team. Um, A player that, you know, neither one of us are huge fans of Amanda Zowie B had a huge game today. Um, You know, still, you know, really wouldn't want her on my team to be completely honest with you. Uh, Overall uh, let's go through some of these statistics for the Liberty. They are number one, By a mile in three-point attempt rate, they are shooting over forty-three percent of their shots. Are coming from behind the arc, and they are hitting less than twenty-seven percent of them.
0: That is bad. Yeah, that's bad, and it's like, and this once again goes goes around to the um, lots of shooters, but not very good shots. Not a lot, not a lot of good looks. Um, It seems like they're settling a lot. Like they're getting a ton of spot up opportunities, but they're not coming off post ups. They're not coming off kickouts. They're not really coming in transition. They're just shooting threes and uh, they're not going in.
1: Yep. They are uh, eighth in terms of their frequency getting to the rim. They have the fourth lowest post-up percentage. I thought that would actually be lower. I thought they would be uh, really kind of towards the the least in the league. And they are the worst team in the league in pick and roll offense. Uh, Clarendon, I was pretty surprised. I thought had been pretty effective in the pick and roll offense, but the numbers do not bear that out. 14th percentile scoring in the pick and roll at 47th percent including passing uh but still a positive overall in terms of their efficiency uh 574 true shooting percentage i think that's uh you know as good as you could expect to have gotten from lasia clarendon being the focal point of your offense coming into this season um are there any of the other kind of uh rookies that you wanted to hit on or uh any what else can we talk about with this team
0: um honestly no like I was a big fan of Jocelyn will be coming in I think she's shown some good things but on the other hand she doesn't really I feel like if she's not getting the free throw line her effectiveness is somewhat limited um Leanna Odom I think has been okay you know filling in for Kia Nurse who's who's a little banged up um she shows some positional versatility I'm still waiting for one of Joyner Holmes or Kylie Shook to really show me something in the front court um Megan Walker still not sold uh I hate to be a downer here, but I'm not really sure what the positives of this team are right now. They're going to get another good draft pick. That's a positive. Uh, Kia
1: Nurse has been playing well since kind of that first game back where she was not very effective. Um, I think she has really been a a buoy for them in terms of winning their last game at Washington, as well as being very competitive in this one. Um, And a player that you had mentioned, Liana Odom, has been a very uh, efficient player so far in her own offense, albeit not really taking up a ton of possessions. And, and she really just kind of looks like she belongs out there in my
0: opinion. Definitely. Definitely. She, she is, she just moves. I've already said this a, a billion times, but she moves so fluidly.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought um, Kia Stokes had a very uh, impressive game today. She, she moved pretty well, had a nice, um, a nice roll to the basket and I thought played, you know, decent defense. Um, but to be honest with you, I can probably cut this one short of five minutes if you're okay with it, because I don't really have too much to say about this team.
0: We actually have a minute remaining. It's, it's amazing how you can't really say that much about you know, bad teams. Uh, one thing I will say regarding Stokes, it's kind of killing me to see her floating around the perimeter as much. Um, she's As much as Walt Hopkins is trying to unleash her three-point shot, I don't think anyone really respects her from out there. And that's another player who is like, well, she's shooting threes, but the looks aren't that great. Um, teams are gladly leaving her. And she is a player who I think is better rolling to the hoop.
1: Yep. And guess what? A rolling player with four players on the perimeter is still pretty valuable. So maybe we should try that a little bit more. And so far, Kia Stokes is four for 20 from beyond the three-point range.
0: Okay. So you could probably just cut that one out of the playbook, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: And five for eight from two-point range. So... Not a ton That's of volume from inside the arc for Kea Stokes.
0: That's ridiculous. Like that. trying to turn her into a stretch five when she's shown really none of that throughout her career. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I get the concept, um, but this season I think you're just going to see an offense that really struggles to find its identity. You're, you know, you're going to find, you're going to see a lot of uh, three point shots. Uh, see how I stretch that out? Yeah, we, we got it. We got it.
1: You're a pro. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. Um. All right. Moving. I'm not even going to finish that thought. Uh, moving on to the Phoenix Mercury.
1: Sure, Phoenix. Uh, four and three after their loss yesterday to the Seattle Storm. They have a net rating of 3.5, which is good for a fifth in the league. They are third in offense at 104 and seventh in defense. Uh, Much better than I would have thought at 100.5 points per possession. Um, much as I said that Vegas has already surpassed my expectations, I I'm already willing to concede that I was way too high on this team.
0: Way too high in Phoenix. Yeah, they've got a lot of things. Um, I don't want to say wrong with them, but there are just so many glaring holes. For each big strength of the Mercuries, you can find a, a weakness that is just unavoidable. You know what my thing is with this team is they just like more than I
1: think any other team in the league, they just have like a ton of quit in them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if things are not going well, they're just yeah, not yeah. going to guard Um, you know, Diana Taurasi has been very, very effective offensively, uh, despite some rough games from the field. Um, but like, she's not going to give you anything defensively. Like Griner just goes through these stretches where she's not giving you anything defensively. Like amazingly, like Sophie Cunningham or Skylar Diggins-Smith, one of those two is their best defensive player on a night in and night out basis Uh, from their starting lineup
0: not good that's
1: amazing um overall this team is third in frequency at the rim uh griner has 54 total post-ups which is by far number one in the league uh they have been very good offensively since sophie cunningham entered the starting lineup before yesterday's loss to seattle i think they were the number one offense in the league and now they're third um that was not a move that you were too fond of have you come around to it at all or you still think there are better options on the roster?
0: No, I think there are better options. I'm sorry. Uh, I think Shatori Walker-Kimbrough. She just, like, didn't play for a few games. And then against the sky, she played amazing. Um, I mean, you just need to get some production out of there. You know, I'm not sure if you could attribute this to Sophie Cunningham in particular, because she's only taking one shot, two shots per game, you know?
1: Yeah, but I think she is being guarded out there, and that's more than um, our friend Nia Coffey could say or uh, some (laughs) of their other options out there. One point I wanted to say... About Nia Coffey, who is a player that I am not particularly fond of. She has a 9.3% usage percentage and a 24% turnover percentage. So Mm -hmm. she has not uh, good. Yeah, five turnovers to 16 (laughs) field goal attempts.
0: Okay, so we can tell why she's not playing.
1: That's bad. Uh, And I don't. I actually don't even think she's that good defensively either. I, I don't really think that she's a huge plus out there. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you because of the aforementioned quit and lack of effort in Diana Trossi's game at this stage, uh, is there any chance that this team would be better without Diana Trossi playing a large no.
0: role? No, because she's not the only player who quote unquote quits. I don't think, um, Brittany Griner is still not giving, okay. I don't want to say she, like, she's not giving effort because it's not like I'm out there playing, but like defensively, I think she has still, still has a lot of lapses, um, And then, of course, rebounding, still an issue, always will be. Uh, And it's just like, who are you replacing Diana Tarazi with? Bria Hartley, she's been pretty good. She's been pretty good. She's been good. And the
1: answer to to my own question that I'll answer is no, they would definitely not be better without her. Um, I wanted to ask it because, you know, she does bring with her some very specific challenges in terms of her lack of effort defensively. But um, would you believe me if I told you that Diana Tarazi has a career-high in true-shooting percentage this season? Uh, she's getting to the line a ton, 59.7 free throw attempt rate. She has a career high from two point range this season, uh, a career high in her three point attempt rate um, and her ability to just, you know, play uh, as a pick and roll ball handler, kind of shoot from anywhere, space the floor off ball and and get into the paint, even at this advanced age and, and really kind of, uh, Leverage fall seeking behavior very, very effectively, almost surprisingly effectively at this point. She's, is,
0: she's one of a kind.
1: Yeah, she's it, it's been really incredible. And you know, she did have a, a really slow start, as I think uh, Skylar Diggins Smith did, but but they've come around,
0: they've come around. And one thing about Terazzi, uh, over the past few seasons, she has shown that she can modernize her game. She's just not taking long twos anymore, she's just shooting threes and getting to the rim, and she's still good at it. So it's like yeah, if if she's out for a prolonged period of time, um, that'd be extremely unfortunate. You might be able to write Phoenix out, although I think the MRI said there wasn't any structural damage, so fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, other players in the WNBA I would like to see undergo that modernization where they take out those long off-the-dribble two-point shots for off-the-dribble three-point shots. I think shots. we've already
0: talked about one, haven't we?
1: <laughs> I think we have. Um, defensively, you'll be surprised to hear that this team is 12th in transition efficiency shocked. allowed. Um, shocked. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about was Alana Smith, who was not very good. And I think she provides a very important element to this team, even if she has some struggles of, in her own right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you need to have at least one shooter in your front court or your big, you need to have at least one big who can shoot. That's not Brianna Turner. It's definitely not Kia um, and when you're, when you're, when you're once again leading the league in post-ups with Brittany Griner, as you should, you know, I mean, that's, it's a good play. It's, it's you, nobody can stop it. Um, you got to surround her with shooting. That's simple as that. Can I actually say
1: one more thing about this team before? Yeah, I move yeah. on? Cause I want to do a little bit of a Mia I was not very big on Jessica Breland coming into the season. And Jessica Breland of course is sitting out for health reasons. Um, and I, do you still think that she would be a negative option as their starting power forward? But she'd probably be this team's best backup center, right? Like, without a
0: doubt. Yeah, because you, you'd be able to also play a little differently. Yeah, yeah. I think if you played Jessica Brilliant as a small ball center, you'd be able to pick up the pace a little bit. Although the Mercury are up there in pace, which I did not foresee. Um, I think, it'd be a, I think it, you'd just be able to give teams some different looks.
1: Yeah, and Kia Vaughn has not been very good. Let's move on.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so uh, Seattle Storm.
1: Yes, they are 6-1. and Uh, They have the best net rating in the league at 8.8, only 6th in offense, uh, 102.5 points per 100 possessions, which as many of these teams who uh, are kind of middling would have been second in the league last season. Uh, As we mentioned, offense is up so far at least, and they have the best defense in the league, 93.7 points per 100 possessions.
0: Okay, um I'm not surprised that they're the best team in the league, but honestly, Stephen, they're not as good as I thought they would be. Does that make sense? Sure. Or am uh, I being a little harsh? Well, no, I think anytime there's
1: this this kind of expectations and, and you're only sixth in offense, uh, you know, there's room to, to improve, to be sure.
0: Like granted, Subert has been out for a while with a bone bruise in her knee. We hope that's not uh, not too bad. But they're getting Brianna Stewart back. She looks healthy, she looks great. Um, Jewel Lloyd is playing better than she did last year. Um, but Natasha Howard, I, uh, she just isn't, she's disappeared, man.
1: Natasha Howard, 31 points on 38 shooting possessions so far this season. One of two from the free throw line. That's ridiculous. I, what, what's going on? Is it just a lack of activity? I, I thought she played okay at times against Phoenix, but Man, I I I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around it.
0: It's it's really disappointing. Like even on defense, she seems to step slow to me, and and like offensively, she's just not a factor at all. You remember going back to when they won the championship in 2018? She was really able to find her role, seeming like she take advantage of the post ups when she needed to. Um, she could beat bigger players off the dribble, but she fit into that third or fourth option on offense. Now she doesn't even look like a fifth option. Like it's just where is she?
1: Yeah, Seattle. Very, very concerning, and they—they they really, I think, even more so than the return of Sue Bird, wh- who you know makes them a completely different player uh, offensively. But Natasha Howard, you know, they need her to be Natasha Howard if they're yeah. going to, I think, uh, compete for a championship, um, and if they are going to improve from being an average offense uh, to an elite one. They are ninth in frequency at the rim, and I think uh, an improved. Natasha Howard can definitely help that in terms of as you said posting up mismatches or mm-hmm. like-size players or you know taking those bigger players off the dribble um, and defensively you know they've been they've been great right um, I they are playing a hyper aggressive style of defense and I am very very encouraged by uh, not just the team defense but also like Brianna Stewart offensively and defensively
0: yeah, she's been amazing. She's, she's everything they could have hoped for, which is a great sign, obviously. And we'll keep talking about it until we're out of breath. Jordan Canada is amazing out there. Uh, save for one game against Atlanta when she got Kennedy'd. Um, this team is just a nightmare defensively. Like, you, you really can't... They dic- they're, they're the one team out of everybody in the league who I think can dictate the action on defense. And what I mean by that is they're so aggressive. They can play so many different schemes. They can adjust to basically anybody... On offense and still have some edge on defense if that makes sense so even with natasha howard not really playing that well um they're full of plus defenders they're full they're full of high iq defenders like alicia clark just keep getting better and better um Jew Lloyd, i think is is getting better out there as well so that's a bread and butter and it's it's gonna make or break you know this team
1: and i did not see the atlanta game but otherwise they have been really great at um at trapping the point of attack. They were really good yesterday with Skylar Diggins-Smith frustrating her. And They were so uh, active. Throughout the season, yeah, they, they really are. Uh, and Brianna Stewart has been a big part of that. One thing I wanted to ask you, has this team showed you enough without Sue Bird for you to feel okay if this were to continue into the playoffs?
0: No, no, because, uh, I mean, I actually agree with you on a point you made earlier. Um, they need Natasha Howard to be Natasha Howard. If Natasha Howard is Natasha Howard and Sue Bird never comes back, I think they're a championship favorite. Now, however, I could see them getting upset because like offensively, they've been mediocre. Um, they've been blowing leads late in the game. Granted, that Atlanta game was kind of weird because like Kennedy Carter and Nigel Laney were making just everything they, they chucked up there. But uh, I need to see a kill switch from this team. You know, I, I need to see this team dominate like they are the best team because we, we know they are given this roster. And uh, I don't know. I'm just not seeing that level of dominance, are you
1: i mean I think if we like as we were saying like i think if if we saw a different natasha howard and and sue bird was more questionable than uh then i would I'd, I'd feel a little bit differently, but even with sue bird and this natasha Howard, I don't feel a hundred percent comfortable you know i i right now you know spoiler alert i do have them kind of a top of our tier rankings that we'll get to at the end of the show but mm-hmm. um yeah man. We we gotta see a, a different Natasha Howard and not the one that we've seen so far this season.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, three seconds, two seconds, one second. Okay, Do-do-do-do. so
1: the Washington Mystics, uh, they are playing currently as we record this episode, but coming into the day, they are, they were three and three. Uh, they won their first three games and lost their last three games. They were 4th in net rating at 6.1, 4th offensively at 103.6, and 5th defensively at 97.6. Eric, where do you want to start with the
0: Mystics? Okay, um, as I start the timer, first of all, I will say I was wrong to a point. Um, I think they've exceeded expectations defensively so far, um, and Maisha Hines-Allen obviously has been a beast. You know, neither, neither of us are very high on her, but she's been amazing uh although it's much easier it's you know they started 3-0 and they're 0-3 in their last three I, I think they have kind of falling down back to earth um and they also had that weird game early on against Seattle when they it looked like they blew the storm out but they actually shot better from three-point range than they did from two-point range so games like that it's kind of like whatever um I don't know I, I think they're performing about as well as a roster like this going to be expected
1: yeah, Heinz Allen has come back down to earth here a little bit over the last few games. She was over sixty-five percent true shooting her first three games, fifty-six point two percent her last three. Um, I think she's having a, a fairly efficient game today. Um, going into Wednesday's game against Vegas, they were the number one offense in the league at over one hundred and thirteen points per one hundred possessions. Uh, and then these last two games against Vegas and Liberty and the Liberty. 89.9 points per 100 possessions. So mm. things have really fallen off a cliff a little bit these last couple of games. games, uh, and they're trailing Indiana currently. Um, Eric, a total of 23 bench points over this three-game losing streak. That I mean, is,
0: it's hard to have bench points when you have no bench. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: but this is what our concern was, right? Like, yeah. That they're they're starting five. Granted, we didn't think it was going to be Hans Allen. We thought it would be... Uh, Tiana Hawkins, but that they were going to have five good players and not really get anything else from, from their bench. And Essence Carson in particular, two of nine in that Chicago game, their first loss of the season to open up August, has not attempted a shot over their last two games uh, coming into tonight. So, I mean, I don't think either of us thought Essence Carson is going to put up huge numbers, but she's got to do something.
0: You got to right. get more out of that position, um, whether it be Essence Carson or Kiara Leslie who started today but doesn't look like she's uh, shooting the ball that well. Um, I mean, I think, I think the offense that they run is pretty interesting because you, you're getting Emma Misman at the top of the key, making a lot of, uh, you know, passes to cutting wings, particularly Ariel Atkins, who has been pretty good to start the season, and Ariel Powers as well has been very good. But, you know, I mean, the, the variance is just hitting this team. They, they started the season with a four-out, five-out offense that teams just couldn't guard because they were knocking down all their shots. And, uh, as the defensive conditioning of teams has gotten, uh, up to par, you know, the mystics, they just haven't been able to manufacture those looks anymore.
1: Yeah. And a little bit more film has become available on exactly like what makes Michael yeah. hands Allen effective and, um, you know, how they were going to kind of operate this offense with, you know, four new starters, essentially. Um, what have you thought about, uh, Leilani Mitchell so far in Washington?
0: She's been adequate, you know, um, Solid, if not spectacular. Uh, she's going to knock down the open three. She's going to get to the rim in a sense that she's going to be like probing a defense, not really attacking a defense, and that like she's playing downhill all the time. But uh, in an offensive values for spacing, as much as the Mystics do, I think she's adequate.
1: I think she's good. I think she's been good. And I think, I think her numbers maybe undersell how effective she's been uh, because of her ability to, as you were saying, sort of probe the defense. And even if she's not scoring at the rim, she's drawing defenders in and that's opening up opportunities for their, their very effective floor spacers here. Right. So um, I, I really kind of like how she's fit in with them so far. Um, it's just, you know, I, I still do have doubts about their defense uh, kind of over the course of things here. And, you know, you've got to get something outside of your, your five players. Like they're, they're really not getting much out of, uh, you know, either of their, their two back court options or Atlanta coats.
0: Yeah. The, the depth is just a concern, especially moving forward. Granted, Tiana Hawkins did miss uh, a lot of time early in the season with a back injury, and I really hope that doesn't flare up again, because otherwise you're at risk of like running Myesha Hines Allen into the floor. And on on the topic of Myesha Hines Allen, she's been amazing. Okay, like I think we, we neither of us are very high on her. Um, she showed us things that we didn't even know she had in her in her back pocket. Um, she's beating people off the dribble. She's bringing the ball off the floor. She's being very aggressive on defense, which is, I think, exactly what this roster needs. But the question is, how far can she take this team?
1: Yeah, she has wildly exceeded my expectations already. Um, Hopefully, you know, she continues to trend back upwards after being a a little bit, uh, you know, not as effective the last few games. Um, I do still kind of have some doubts in terms of how effective she'll be against, you know, the very best defenses. Uh, particularly when there's a lot of scouting that goes on, you know, um, all the the same concerns I I had about her going in, in terms of uh, being able to overpower bigger players, you know, that, that game, I think against Vegas was kind of illuminating. And, but there's not a lot of like D'Erika Hamby's and and, uh, Asia Wilson's that are, that present that combination of strength and athleticism to, to match up with her. So also true.
0: Okay, Um, that'll do it for our team by team review, Uh, five minutes, maybe a little more than five minutes for each team, but uh, I think you said you wanted to finish up with some tiers, right, some updated tiers?
1: Yeah, Um, let me ask you to start out with how many tiers do you have?
0: I have five, how many do you have? I have six. Okay, well, I think we both agree that Seattle is still in a tier by themselves, right?
1: Seattle is in a tier by themselves at the top.
0: Uh, What does your tier two look like? My tier two is the Sparks and the Sky.
1: My tier two is the Sparks, the Sky, and the Aces. Okay, what what makes
0: you think – what makes you put the Aces uh, in a a tier with the other two?
1: Well, I just – I think they are – They have more roster talent than I thought they were going to have. Angel McCarty is a lot better than I thought she was going to be, you know, their lack of a three point shot is is still very concerning, but you know, they have four very good kind of core players on this roster and, you know, they just kind of need to figure out that fifth spot and they're, they got some options coming off the bench in terms of um, their, their two guards, uh, Jackie Young and, Danielle Robinson. So I don't really like this team all like as much as the other two teams in this tier. I kind of feel the worst about having them in here, but um, yeah, I think, you know, I think they can be as good as Chicago or Los Angeles.
0: Okay. All right. And I actually mathed incorrectly. I have six tiers as well, but um, oh, okay. who, who's in your, uh, who's in your third tier then?
1: So tier three for me is Phoenix, Minnesota, and Washington.
0: Okay. I have Vegas, Phoenix, and Minnesota. Vegas, Phoenix, and Minnesota.
1: Okay, cool. So you're uh, a little bit lower on Washington and Vegas than I am. Um, any of these teams kind of really jump out at you?
0: Um, no, yeah. not really. Even if Tarazi wasn't injured, I, I, I still think Phoenix is a third-tier team right now just because of those glaring weaknesses. And and the uh, yeah i
1: agree with you by the way this is like not even considering charles's injuries
0: yeah and like and like the inconsistency throughout a whole game like i don't think they i think they have yet to put together a full 40 minutes
1: yeah i mean their their ceiling is as as high as just about anybody and their floor is as low as just about anybody truly.
0: like they well except new york except new york yeah, sure. <laughs> spoiler um, uh, i think we could go through new york is in a tier of their own and not at the top
1: that's Correct. New York is in the last tier for me by themselves, but tier four, uh, I have two teams, Indiana and Connecticut.
0: Yeah. I've also got Indiana and Connecticut as well as Washington. I actually might be a little high in Connecticut to be honest. Cause like, I'm not sure where their improvement is coming from, but, uh, you know, DeWana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas were so good. I'll give, I'll give Kurt Miller the benefit of a doubt here. Um, But I'm not sure what their ceiling is like, can they, can they jump a tier? I'm not sold.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel comfortable that they're better than Atlanta and Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, okay. even though yeah, their yeah, their record yeah. is worse than either of them, like, they absolutely blew the doors off of Dallas. Like, I feel like they have more roster talent than Atlanta, uh, which leads me to Tier 5, Atlanta and Dallas.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, that's also my Tier year. 5. Um, it, who do you think is better, Atlanta or Dallas?
1: <sighs> I think... I, th- I think I maybe said this last time that Dallas, I think, has better players or or more good players, but I just like Atlanta a little bit better. Like, um, and it starts with the starting center. Like Elizabeth Williams is, I think, a very good center. You know, maybe not a star at, at a star-loaded position, but, you know, I think with the right pieces around her, you could, like, win a championship with Elizabeth Williams as your starting center.
0: Okay. And taking that one step further, like, does Dallas have a play that's as effective as a Kennedy Carter Elizabeth Williams pick and roll
1: I maybe just like Alicia Gray attacking a closeout and getting to the free throw line yeah right? but it's,
0: well but she's not really playing that much though, no, you know? yeah, no yeah
1: I know it's amazing that she's like seventh on the team in minutes and
0: we didn't even get to it but uh, I, I gotta see her on a better team man uh if they want to trade her to Chicago that'd be great but after this is all over after the yeah. quarantine is over and then New York obviously last um do you envision New York jumping a tier into the Atlanta Dallas tier I don't see it.
1: How no. you know how? What what's the path for that happening?
0: I, um, Sabrina Unescu's ankle magically healing a month earlier than expected, or Amanda Zobi continuing to knock down sixty six percent of her three pointers. I no.
1: I mean, maybe if one of these rookies like really finds their footing and they have just like a a decent starting lineup. I
0: you don't know, know. I, I I we we forgot about one. Uh, forgot about Jasmine Jones. I like what I see out of Jasmine Jones she she's a little like out of control sometimes i think but she does bring that dynamic style of play that i think could fit well with these shooters um it's just she's got to stay on the floor
1: yeah if she can kind of just like slow herself down while still playing with the same aggressiveness i think she could be very effective
0: but she's very athletic and, and yeah. she she can make some
1: plays on defense that's, but that's sometimes amazing. she just kind of goes like barreling into wherever she <laughs> you know what i mean yeah
0: and, like the bad the, overall the basketball iq of the liberty i think is uh I mean, they've got six rookies right now. That's all I'll yeah. say. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, cool. Anything else you wanted to touch
0: on before we go? Uh, not really um, fun exercise. I think this might be something worth revisiting, like maybe at the halfway point. I mean, these, these games are just flying by, dude. With, with games like teams are playing every other day. We've, we've got games coming up on Monday, which never happens. Um, just this condensed schedule. I mean, it's fun, but it's also worrisome for me because like the injury risk, like you can, the injuries are already piling up and it's just not feasible to get replacement players in there as quickly as normal. So, I mean, just cross your fingers that we don't have many injuries and that this, uh, this schedule doesn't take its toll on the players well-being.
1: Yeah, I think uh, definitely something to be very concerned about. Um, You know, especially as you mentioned, it's harder to kind of, you know, a lot of these rosters are already short of their, their 12 and uh, it, it is so difficult to kind of bring in more players. So you know, hopefully we can all stay healthy and
0: make it out of this, uh, injury-free injury-free. Okay. I like the sound of that. Okay. Um, that'll do it for us, I guess. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you did listen the whole way, uh, we tried to keep it short as possible. So we'll probably do this again. Um, follow us on Twitter at the double down WNBA at no, I'm sorry at double down WNBA, um, or at Nemchak E or at Trinkwald, our personal accounts. Um, you can find us on Google play on Apple podcasts or on Spotify. If that is your choice, um, go ahead. Give us a follow, a rate, a review if you deem so us so worthy. And uh, yeah, that'll do it. See you again next time.